You're listening to Once, episode 341, Flower Child. Hello, and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Aaron, And we're here to talk about the episode Flower Child. I didn't know this was what it was called. Was not about hippies, or was it? <laughs> like hippies from the original days, maybe? Yeah, I think we were witnessing the original hippies. I thought it was funny this was called Flower Child just because it. my sister calls me a flower child sometimes, and I just have to explain to her that I'm too young to know what that means. I'm not. <laughs> I know what it means. But it's like, you know, tongue in cheek because we're sisters and she's old. And um, <laughs> So it's actually a term that's used a lot, but not, not in this context. No. Also, because she was a tree nymph, not a flower nymph, but that's okay. <sighs> she was a tree nymph. And that's when the trouble began. Well. Where do we even start? We start with, with happy things, because we liked th- this episode, right, Aaron? Right. He did, <laughs> we, a lot. It was, it, was, it was great. I mean, we found out, we found out Gothel's backstory, and I don't know how nobody... And by nobody, I'm not accusing like our fans of being bad fans, but how did nobody, <laughs> even just being you and I, and how did nobody guess that she was a nymph when we knew well, that she was all about nature and trees and plants and stuff? I wouldn't have ever said, if someone had said, hey, maybe she's a nymph, I'd have been like, I mean, is that a thing? Like, she could be that. She could be an elf. I don't know. Fine. I, a nymph? Apparently, you are much more familiar yeah. with the concept than am I. I'm not that familiar. Just Charmed did an episode about them once. Which, of course, they did. And I, well, for them, it actually made sense. Um, <laughs> I did try to look it up, and I literally have an encyclopedia of, I forget what it was called, like fairies, trolls, and gnomes, and other little people, and they weren't even in that, that book. So Maybe they erased themselves. Maybe because they would they wouldn't want to be on paper actually because that kills trees, <laughs> right? Well, no living thing is ever truly dead. Nope, no. Uh, well, that's not what she said. She said no thing in the nothing earth from is, the earth ever true is ever truly dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but then later she was like, "You killed my family. They're not dead. You just said it." Nothing's ever truly dead. Yeah, are they from the earth? I think so. Yeah. It's a mm, there were so many so many weirdnesses. So many weird but Emma Booth, who plays Gothel, is actually amazing. Like I knew she was good, but they didn't even really do anything and I was totally buying that she was much younger. I felt like I could tell how much younger. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, she did a good job. Not not all of the actors can do that, so right. I enjoy when they can. And 
I mean, there was still quite a gap, I think, between her and her sister. But then that was kind of explained that she's not really like her sister, sister. She's like her sister nymph. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's true. I was thinking that out of all of them, they were actual sisters. But I guess. Oh, maybe. I guess. mm, Well, come to think of it. The nymphs did all seem to, in fact, be women. So perhaps they're all just nymphs. And that's just (laughs) their. I got the impression eternal. (laughs) Yeah, they said eternal, right? Unless humans kill them. Well, that's true. Well, she said Gothel was going to be eternal. Oh, so just the right? mothers, huh? I I think. I'm... <laughs> I don't know. Her monologues were short, but her mother did have a couple of very key fact-delivering monologues, even while lying on the ground dying. Only goodness can bear sweet fruit. She said more strongly than her prostrate pose would suggest she could. So that might come into play. Oh, her name was Flora, by the way. The mom. Mm-hmm. I think so. Here's an interesting in yarrow. Uh, is it yarrow? Yarrow. Was that how you said it? Yarrow. Mm-hmm. That's a type of flower. So I looked that up, and I looked up Gothel, and Gothel means godmother. So when she's calling herself Mother Gothel, she's calling herself Mother Godmother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, why not? <laughs> Do you feel like Yarrow, the sister, might have survived? Maybe. They haven't. Have they shown us everyone in the cloaks? No, but. You just think it might come into play? Yeah, I think she might be the foil. She's going to be like somewhere in Hyperion Heights and they're going to just bring her out. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't show her dead, I don't think. No, they didn't show anybody dead. Except the mom. But, you know, with every swing of the axe, their souls, something, something. Ugh. I felt like I was watching a high school play. Um, was it called Carrie? Because. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen Carrie. I just know of the scene that this, this episode kind of portrayed um but it was mud instead of pig's blood but well okay <laughs> i'm really do you even do you know what i'm talking about because i tell do you. i do <laughs> okay <laughs> um we even got feedback that said that this reminded them of carrie so it's not just <laughs> me but then when that scene happened i was like seriously someone dumped mud on her head and she's become this crazy killing you know evil villain because someone dumped mud on her head and i had also seen a hashtag or a post by emma booth saying evil isn't born it's made right which has been a recurring theme and i was so i kind of knew that they were doing her backstory like the night before because she or maybe it was the night of because she they don't post the spoilers until the episodes aired but i don't watch it till the next day yeah she did an instagram takeover for the once upon a time abc account oh i don't follow that account this was just for her in her account but um anyway so just i'm just saying that so that everybody knows i'm not spoiled. i just (laughs) i saw it right before i watched the episode but then something bigger did happen. Because at first I was right. like, this better not be. 
not that I wanted them to kill her whole family, but just <laughs> really some no, mean girls right. dumped mud on your head. Aww. You're right. And so if uh, if we're trying to find the positives, there were some stronger story elements. There were actually some pretty decent story elements in mm-hmm. this episode. I think we agreed that it was the execution that felt way off in certain moments. Because you're right. If we're going to have, well, as she told Tilly, the world was cruel to her, so she became cruel, which, you know, not everybody goes cruel when the world is cruel to them. But she did at least have a pretty world-altering event happen to her. It wasn't just they were mean to her, and so she got all murdery. Somehow, inexplicably, managed to kill all of her kind. By chopping down the trees. Yeah. So uh, just, just the internal timeline of this episode, I'm not understanding at all. So basically, we see this sort of very typical period house i guess and these girls trying on dresses getting ready for a ball and gothel goes in and we later find that this this blonde girl's name was isla and she i guess that quickly hatched this plan what i don't understand is that oh so conspicuous key that i definitely from the moment i saw it thought nothing would happen to what (laughs) What happened to the key to the grove? Like how, who took it and when? I didn't understand that. I didn't even, yeah, I totally didn't even connect that until right now. (laughs) But it was my biggest. It was almost like they took it when they dumped the mud or maybe when she was putting on her dress. But certainly that night of the party, the key was taken and enough people who were not at the party, had time to go and destroy the entire grove and kill everyone. And all with all before Gothel went back, it was, I, I was, it, it was somewhat effective, but it was weird because it almost just didn't make sense. I didn't even get the, on first watch, like until Isla took credit for doing what she did, I didn't even connect that she had anything to do with it. I thought it had just happened coincidentally while she was away, probably because of that exact thing. Like the timeline didn't work. And I didn't realize they had the key, but that makes way more sense now. Yeah, But then Gothel got the key back. I'm thinking it was still in the lock and she just pushed the door open when she got back. I didn't watch that part like thoroughly, I guess, because I didn't even notice. But even the timeline, like in the bigger picture, they're all dressed in very like period specific clothes and they're having a party and, you know, whatever. And then it turns out it happened thousands and thousands of years ago. Like that was clearly like to me, like Victorian costumes, especially (laughs) if it was a land without magic, especially if it was supposed to be real life Earth. Yeah. Or, well, it had magic. So apparently... All lands had magic at one time, including ours. Right. Which, okay, fine, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You might not be, I guess. I, I, 
Yes, yes, yes. For, I was, so why I'm okay with it is that for continuity's sake, it makes sense that there's so many remnants of magic left. I do. Right? Like yeah. the wishing well, and that's been kind of forever. I do like been, that idea. What I thought was really funny, though, I, there were, I mean, there were just so many things. It's almost like I don't know where to start. <laughs> but she, so oh, when she went back to the party and got all murdery, Right. That was aggressive. That was so dark. It was really dark. That, it was, yeah, the neck is the, <laughs> Isla's neck yes. is sort of the main thing that I was like, wow, they went there. Right here on Once Upon well, a Time. <laughs> and I mean, that was so human too, right? Like pulling somebody's heart from their chest doesn't mm-hmm. actually happen unless right. you're a surgeon. Right. Um, <laughs> and then you put it back, I think. <laughs> unscathed that's generally or a different one you know (laughs) or a different one or like a better version or fixed or something right that's generally the goal right that's so supernatural right like that's so and even like sword fighting have we ever seen i'm sure we have seen people like flat out stabbed with a sword yeah i think there was something about the victim (laughs) i'm trying to think if anyone so otherwise defenseless evil in some sense but defenseless kind of it it just it was sort of shocking i guess yeah and we've perhaps seen a young woman poisoned or something but i can't think of anything quite that violent really yeah it was i agree and just because a magical branch was doing it doesn't mean Right. I don't know. I just very yeah. closely tied that, to it gave me Gothel's hand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um yeah, I didn't really like that they went there. It did seem very I just it made me think of how like I used to be a nanny and the kids used to watch the show and they were like, "Okay, when did the show start? 2013, 2012?" 7 years ago. <laughs> so 2011. So seven years ago, they were like nine and seven when the show started. So if a nine and a seven-year-old are still currently, I guess they grew up with the show, but that doesn't mean that there's not still kids watching it. Right. That's just very aggressive. And I mean, yeah, like in the pilot, in almost the opening scene, Charming got stabbed or cut. He kind of got cut during the sword fight and he dies, but it wasn't as graphic. Well, yeah, he falls over and his wife cries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a parental guidance warning right now. <laughs> yeah. I think, I guess I don't, I don't mind it in the sense of, oh, I never would have watched it, but it's the thing that we've brought up once in a while in the past is that it's like, they don't remain consistent with what the tone of the show is and what type of show they are. Now, interestingly, this was an Adam and Eddie episode. I know. Which is so odd. I think that explains the epicness of it. They also seem to cross some of those grittier lines a little more. And they created the show. So it's almost like that is kind of how it was going to be. And yet the other writers don't maintain that level. And so you kind of get into this oh, it's appropriate for this age range, perhaps. And then Adam and Eddie come back in and you're like, oh, oh, wow, that happened. Yeah. 
I have, this is like a total sidebar and not specifically about this show, but I think shows do age with their audience often. Like yeah. even, even not shows, like even looking at the Harry Potter books, that first mm. book is a lot different reading level and like emotional level and scary level than the last one. Like those books right. get very dark and very intricate. And I think the idea is that you're growing up with them. Um, and the same, I remember watching a season of Buffy and being like, this is really dark. And I didn't even enjoy it when it was first on. And then when I got to the age that those characters were, I was like, oh, I totally get it. <laughs> right. So it's. Yeah. The show is aging like those girls, those same girls that I just mentioned that watched it when they were seven and nine are 16 and 15 now. Like, so they could watch what we just saw. Yeah. But that's also yeah. network television and some eight year old might want to binge it on Netflix. And right. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing, the time slot, like it's, it's interesting that they put that in there for the time slot and you know, not a, not a huge deal in one sense if that were the type of show it is it just doesn't always seem like it is yeah agreed but uh and we didn't see it well we did kind of see it she then you know kills the rest of humanity so there's that too <laughs> with but with, with a poison flower yeah she fumigated she used plants to fumigate the humans which is kind of interesting too what's what's hilarious though to me is that even here, so they they strongly imply, she says, cruelly, some slimy lump will flop ashore and crawl toward humanity again. And as is their way, it'll be worse. <laughs> Which, for me, is like, even if you subscribe to one form or another of the theory of evolution, which, you know, is one of perhaps two leading concepts of where humans came from i i don't think any flavor of evolution tries to explain things with thousands of years try millions or billions and even if such a thing were possible well and it's not a cycle that repeats itself exactly even if such a thing were possible how how is it going to happen exactly the same way the next time in, write down not just the form, but the the culture, <laughs> the costumes, <laughs> and yeah, with no remnants left after such a period of time, and then and then you know I guess they wouldn't want to say Gothel is millions or billions of years old because I think she'd be very different. So ugh, but ugh. she is apparently the mother of all the magic in the world. Oh, uh, is that what you, what you think about what they meant? That's what they said. That's Mother a of all the quote. Well, I think I just want to see Gothel and Blue duke it out. <laughs> They're from different realms, so when they said in the world, they yes. might mean Earth. True, true, true. Which would make sense that now that when the season started, she was the only one that really had magic. I just. Mm, it just it even broke down more on rewatching and analyzing. I'm sorry to say, because even with this whole muddy thing that they created, she says they'll go to another realm, find others like them, and then come back and cleanse the world again. And I'm like, well, okay, it's going to take you that long to find others like you. 
why not just come back before all this restarts like you say it will and rebuild and like stop it from happening i don't i don't get it it's an interesting concept but it's like just it's very late in the game to bring that out and it's not very well thought out and it's weird well, yeah, because others like her, she didn't. She found witches from other realms that are not like her at all. She's not human. They are. Like, that was very clear. She's not human. Yeah, and by the way, the the butterflies, <laughs> those would not have worked in a cartoon. They needed to use all of their budget for the big <laughs> showdown. They should have left the butterflies out. At the end. Well, they needed to break the curse. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. <laughs> And, you know, it's almost, at this point, it's almost like, what's what's the use? I think somewhere in my delusional mind, I've thought that some of my critique might somehow lead to improvements as though it were feedback at some point. <laughs> now well, it's we, just critique for the sake of... Didn't we get some really good of... anonymous feedback? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can own it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very well worded. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I just, I I started, because Emma Booth was so amazing, given the material, and yet this is kind of how it all came out, I, I theorized that maybe Once Upon a Time is actually a punishment for actors. <laughs> like, if you're, you're a brilliant actor, but you commit some showbiz faux pas, you get banished to Once Upon a Time, and you're forced to just squander your talent and material um, that seems to, and no offense to the writers, but uh, in my, in my, in my, <laughs> what's the word? <laughs> in my frenzied state, thinking about the, some of what happened in this episode, um, the material seemed to be written at the end of Happy Hour and the costumes <laughs> created by a crafty mom at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> because if you google images of nymphs which you shouldn't just if you're under a certain age don't do that but if you do like a lot of them have just normal skin um and they just have flower crowns like what would have been wrong with just having flower crowns it was called flower yeah. child <laughs> i get <laughs> i get that they wanted a more dramatic appearance and that's fine but to me, so part blue skin of, and flower crowns. Yeah, this, and this, I guess, is why it gets me kind of riled because we started clear back in season one with a show that took fairy tales and all their fanciful, whimsical glory and made them gritty and real, and said, "Yeah, that's what you've heard, but here's what really happened." So we don't see Snow White in her typical Snow White dress, except for laughs when she's about to try and kill a bird. <laughs> Right. We see her <laughs> hunting. We see her in real clothes. We see a real woman. We don't see a caricature like we would see in an animated film. But over the years, they've kind of drifted into just putting, I mean, really, Bo Peep was the epitome. But <laughs> the, the nymphs were kind of a close second because they were just so comical. And I don't think it would have taken much to make them seem kind of mysterious and somehow plausible, but they totally broke every bit of plausibility for me. Sorry, I just had to Google what they looked like in Charmed. 
Oh. (laughs) (laughs) They were just wearing green dresses with flower crowns and like frizzy hair. And those were the nymphs in Charmed. And that was fun. I think the skin color would have been enough. It was a lot as it was. (laughs) Yeah. Skin color, the red dresses and flowers in their hair instead of butterflies. Yeah. (laughs) It Yeah. Because I was like, why? Um, I don't know. If they They wanted to have them surrounded by some real butterflies that love them because of what they are, that would have been kind of cool. But it would have been expensive and difficult. (laughs) Or CGI would have probably worked. Well, I guess that's what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) We did learn butterflies. (laughs) We did learn some very specific things. So we learned magic's not as mysterious as people think. It's all around you if you know where to look, which I do feel like they complemented well with the Lucy Facilier looking for a little bit of magic story. And we also learned, I think this might be key, nothing from the earth is ever truly or ever truly dies, the roots are right there waiting to be reborn. I wonder if Gothel is going to also try to bring her family back in some way. And I think that what her mother said is going to come back to haunt her because she's not being good, so she can't bear sweet fruit. So she's not going to be able to bring back what was there because it was so sweet and innocent, and she's not that anymore. Right, right. Yeah, and so this is the same place. She marked the place, so I guess later on, that's where they are. I guess magic stuck around for thousands and thousands of years in a land without magic. I The other question I had was, how does she define... This is, I think, maybe the first time we've ever heard anyone rail against humans, specifically. Um, Because there's some ambiguity... When you've got so many realms and so many different species. Well, probably the ogres. The ogres, yeah, but they don't say a lot. So, No, just it was a war from like humans versus their species. I'm trying to remember if they've ever said humans before. Because, I mean, there's no objection. They're, they're humans. But there are humans, if you want to get that specific, in all the realms. And... Most of the magic wielders we've seen are considered human. So here we've got Gothel saying humans do this and humans do that and humans are all dead now. And she would have killed Serafina, except suddenly she displayed magic. And she just said, I'm like you. They kept using the phrase, like you, like us. And it's like, well, okay, but you don't mean a nymph. You mean a human, I guess. And now apparently Alice is good because she's like them, even though she's half human, which ponder that for a minute. Alice is only half human. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what does like us mean and how many people like them did she kill by wiping out all the humans in the world, in her world, in this world? Because she didn't know. We're being reminded in chat that Hades was not a fan of humans and Ariel and Ursula kind of had issues with humans as well. That that makes sense. But not in a like annihilate them all and take over the world. And at least. Just a like separate. That's like that was like a separatism. Yeah. In Gothel's case, I guess it bothers me because her kind are all gone, but she keeps finding 
sisters like herself who really just seem to be people who have magic. I'm like, yeah, but they're human. So you're kind of having a double standard. Something I wanted to mention about Serafina is I just looked up, I was looking up name meanings. You guys, you guys know I enjoy doing that. (laughs) Um, And it means fiery winged, but apparently Serafina was an angel. Like one of the strongest angels. I don't know if it was from the Bible though. So that's why I'm checking. Serafina is the feminine form of the late Latin name Serafinus. The name comes from the biblical Hebrew word seraphim. Seraphim? Seraphim? Seraphim. Which one is it? Seraphim? Se- yeah. So I said it right That's the first time. That's what autocorrect changed it to. <laughs> uh, meaning fiery ones, referring to an order of angels that had six wings each. The seraph- seraphim was described by the prophet Isaiah in the Bible. Um, and Serafina was also the name of a 13th century saint from Italy who was known for making clothing for the poor. Mm-hmm. And so just when I saw the like the good connection, like the biblical the angel, whatever connection, I wondered if she might come into play, like because obviously now she's been introduced as a character and she's as old as Gothel. Right. Um, but from like a good place. And she was, I believe, wearing a lot of light, like white colors. I know she, Gothel was wearing white, but I feel yeah. like she's good or at least has good in her. She seemed good. Like she only used magic to defend herself so far that's what we know and you're right i'd almost prefer that because otherwise i'm like why are you going out of your way to pick a name like that for a witch yeah this just seems aggressive (laughs) especially considering thousands and thousands of years ago the name didn't exist (laughs) right right. (laughs) what a mess So Gothel and the Magic Havers, I guess. Those are the people like her that she wants. So anybody who's got the magic probably better show it. Because maybe she won't kill them. Maybe she will. It just doesn't make sense, though. Because so the Coven of the Eight is now, you know, coming. And it's been foreshadowed even by Facilier. Was he the only one who mentioned it in this episode? Oh, and the police officer. Who who she, like, mind-manipulated. Yeah. I feel like a couple things were missing from this episode that perhaps were supposed to be in it. So, for example, I didn't totally understand why Isla had her out in the greenhouse doing magic before she revealed her true nature and sort of her true intent. Because they'd seen her do magic. It wasn't like she had to do it again in order for them to be mean to her. Well, probably to steal the key and like plan. Mean girls got a plot. They don't just think of it. Yeah. Fast. It was just since since she left as soon as that happened, if that's when they took the key, I don't know how they had time to destroy the whole grove before she got back and then be gone. So there was that, but then there was also I didn't fully understand why she needed the sergeant she said she needed someone in his position right just because she needed someone who could walk up to all those women and wake them up well but then he also called in the tip and true he's also like been in the show a lot before and so then they wouldn't have had to cast a new actor right 
the Maybe outcry. he earned his like credits to get like a bigger speaking role in the <laughs> union. He did a good job. I'm not knocking him as an actor at all. Yeah. <laughs> that that was such a great moment when she walked in. <laughs> oh, just what I need today. A visit from the weirdo cult leader. Her <laughs> laugh. I love it when she does that. <laughs> that face she makes. <laughs> Why could they not have shown us that she has that mind manipulation power earlier yes, like why do they have to bring you. it up three episodes from the finale of this series of the show thank you i mean i was just like oh that that's new well we we actually theorized that we theorized that she had that when when was it of Tilly? I, I theorized that she had it with hook with nook with rogers actually <laughs> Um, when she said something about him being clean shaven and I was like, oh, it's, I wonder if he's going to come back next episode, like clean shaven, but he doesn't know why it was just because she suggested it. Well, considering how much trouble she had getting or using any magic whatsoever, where did she get the ability to do that? Yeah, true. Oh, it was with Tilly that we also theorized it because nobody remembered her. And we thought maybe Gothel like went around and like manipulated the people into not remembering her when they were trying to prove that she didn't kill the blind witch in the hospital. That's true. But it turns out Tilly's just actually invisible. She doesn't even exist at all. Right. (laughs) Unless one was one week was foreshadowing because Tilly ends up somewhere that she didn't know how, you know, she didn't know how she got in the hospital room. And then. Nobody remembers her, but then her theory another week is that she's actually talking to people and not trying to steal stuff from them, so now they remember her. (laughs) So it's almost like maybe some of the writers were also trying to figure out what those things meant and explain it the best way they could. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, it, it does seem like they're like, okay, we're wrapping up, we gotta figure it out. Yeah, because it just, I... I don't mind it, but it needs limitations because it's too powerful. And because it it just opens up so many doors to, well, okay, why doesn't she just use mind control for this? Why doesn't she use mind control for that? In fact, for that matter, unless it wouldn't work on her because of her magic, why doesn't she just... Well, we're theorizing that she did use it. Why doesn't she just use it on Tilly? Instead of all the threats and all this, that, and the other, why not just be like, hey, stand here, do this. Looks like you can't refuse. Wouldn't it be great if spells were kind of like crime where it has to be a voluntary act for it to be a crime? Yeah, and they could say something like that if questioned. But <laughs> but no, but her doing it under the duress of her maybe father being killed is not a voluntary act. That's duress. Like... It would be great if magic was smart enough to know that and not work when the person's like actual heart wasn't in the actions that they're taking. Yeah. I feel like they've done something like that with certain things, but I can't remember what. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so bad for Tilly in this episode. I know. Especially when, well, I thought Tilly stood up to her really well. Either you're a liar or a monster because what kind of person abandons their baby? It's cute. Right, which... True. It's still kind of like, oh, we've been over this in this show. <laughs> but but in this case, she's on the money because 
Right. Because Gothel was a monster and she did abandon her baby. For <laughs> she wasn't not to her save her an entire chance. kingdom from the curse. Like, right. Legitsky's just <laughs> basically <laughs> only had the baby so that she could abandon it, actually. If you want to get uh, real technical. Uh, yeah. It took me a bit. I don't know if this was true for you, but she kept saying her sisters were asleep and they needed to be woken up. I was not putting that together with the curse asleep and awake. Oh. I, was, I thought they were literally asleep somewhere. I was like, well, that's weird. And then he woke them up. Oh, yeah. And that's for a minute, true. I thought my worst fears about this plot line were coming true. Because all they were in that first scene was a bunch of cloaks standing around. They were probably on the hooks again, and they acted like they were real people. And I was like, it's the Dark Ones all over again. This is ridiculous. But no, they all had faces later. So that um, that was also good. Yeah. <laughs> faces and hair and attitudes. <laughs> and expressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ability to take... All of someone's blood. Good times. <laughs> I loved Tilly while they were casting the curse when everything was happening. She was just like, so what's supposed to be happening? What's right. supposed to be happening? <laughs> I, let's face it. I always love Tilly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. She just has really good one-liners. I don't think I like Margot. She's really <laughs> annoying. I I don't know why, but like when she was just like, oh, did you want to try one of the drinks from my Wanderlust menu from all my cool places that I got to travel? Like, we get it. Okay. You traveled. We don't need to hear it all the time. Like, I feel like I should like so many of the things that she does, but it's so rapid fire forced at this point. I'm like, and yeah. everything. I'm like, okay, she's a hipster. I've never had everybody else's hatred for hipsters, but she's pushing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's such a stereotype. It's so funny to me. And there's just not time to do anything with her. So it's kind of like, why are you doing this? I guess they just want her to have some depth. I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> Like, that would be kind of cool if it was a new direction that her character was moving for an entire story arc, but... That's three episodes long. Yeah, if that. If even, yeah, because she could get woken up next week. How did Gothel know India? Um, She spent, like, she's been locked in a tower for as long as anyone can remember. It's very confusing. I don't know. And then the whole thing about the fence posts... I guess she took several magic beans with her. Maybe just the trees told her. Maybe. She could be connected like that. They were showing her pictures of their tree cousins in other countries. Well, Ivy could have brought her books while she was True. up there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did she have to come over in the curse? Because why would she let herself be locked in a tower if she could travel to this world at any time? Yeah. It, mm, yeah, it's stuff like that that just makes me sad. It's a fun show to watch, but it doesn't <laughs> so often stand up to any kind of scrutiny. <laughs> so at this point, I'm feeling like it will be nice if they just start doing some really fun things for the last three episodes 
and we just have a nice little goodbye. Yep. I will miss it, but I won't miss pieces that feel like nobody's trying. Except the actors who are, <laughs> who are in purgatory. <laughs> right. One thing that I was very disappointed in in this episode is that my theory that Henry and Jacinda would not be the ones to break the curse was actually true. Because by the time we got there, I was like, first of all, I was like, could you guys kiss already? Like, you, yeah. like this lead-in is way too long. And we know now that Henry's okay. So that's probably why they didn't do it that way, though. Because at that point, we expected it. I actually enjoyed some pieces of the non-main storyline even more. So all that stuff with them and all these people running around starting to really believe the book without being awake. Yeah. I thought that was fun. That was something we never really saw in Storybrooke. I loved when Rogers and Tilly knocked on Henry's door. Right. And he was just like, um, is, is it an emergency? Right. <laughs> and then he's like, so I'm starting to think my book might be real. And their whole justification for why it was an emergency. I like. He was like, you're not on the run, are you? She's like, well, not today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The Tilly Roger stuff was actually really good. Yes. I loved his, you're not the only one looking into crazy right now. Right. So on the one hand, they didn't wake him up, which is what I've been asking for every single week. But he was actually talking about real things without knowing for sure that he was. And he was pursuing real things without knowing that he was and starting to actually make some real sense. <laughs> without knowing that he was. Oh, right. sorry. Wait, was that part of that? <laughs> <laughs> now for all that crazy that Henry had going on in his apartment, which sidebar, this is not a once upon a time complaint. This is an every show complaint. Is it really the fastest and most efficient way to put the pieces of a puzzle together to somehow print out high quality pictures of people that you got from who knows where and tack them up on bulletin boards that you got from who knows where and get yarn that were, did you knit or crochet before this? Where did you get the string or the yarn? Like, was it, was this the best way or would you just use a computer these days? Especially if you're not an investigator by trade, like this is weird, but, but effective. (laughs) I do have to say that I wrote essays, like not with pictures and yarn, but I wrote essays with like cue cards and post-it notes and giant paper on my wall because for me, that was the way that I was best able to kind of like see the whole thing as a whole. So I kind of get it. And like, I think that whiteboards and like blackboards and bulletin boards, all the boards, all the kinds of boards and online boards <laughs> they can all be very effective <laughs> helpers um but yeah the printed out pictures eh, yeah where'd they get them from plus his picture with regina wasn't on there I don't true believe. i don't know if he had it i did love that they brought it back up and they there were certain pieces that were very continuity friendly that i also attribute to adam and eddie because they tend to be better at remembering some of those other plots because they're involved with all the episodes in one way or another. Except we did get feedback that Henry said he was eight in that picture and he was actually 11. (laughs) (laughs) He was never eight in the show. (laughs) I think it was supposed to be pre-Emma. Then he could have been eight, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it was a production shot that they took, obviously, when... He was 11. He was... 
yeah <laughs> yeah they happen to have the picture but yeah i for all that stuff they had though on henry's boards they didn't show a whole lot of it and what there was was pretty obvious stuff but there were a couple interesting things he had by regina's picture he had ronnie r-o-n-i slash ronnie r-a-n-i and in parentheses he had queen ronnie spelled with an a which we might have mentioned before at some point is a hindu word for queen oh and he had i liked that they had a lot of the stuff he was theorizing based on his book but it was a lot of stuff from his perspective with the things missing details that henry wouldn't know so it like it said (laughs) this made me laugh it said ivy belfry and had her picture wicked stepsister number one and then Anastasia, wicked stepsister number two. He had, can you repeat that? Just for me, not for the podcast. Anastasia yes, had, was wicked stepsister number two? Yes, he actually had those captions on the pictures. <laughs> well, they had to be. Yeah, but the the wicked stepsister part was pretty funny, especially since Anastasia was never... Wicked. Right. But he really, he had no interaction with her, really. Nope. <laughs> they met. Yeah, that that whole scene was cute. Like I I actually have really enjoyed when Rogers and Henry and Tilly are together. Yeah. All cursed people, all knowing that what they're thinking is crazy, except Tilly because nothing's crazy to Tilly. <laughs> but... <laughs> Welcome to my world, she says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she is good. She better get another show after this. Right. Got that ABC? <laughs> Well, I did hashtag hire the nerd <laughs> and inquire with Jacqueline as to if there's any significance to the number 147, which is the page of Henry's book that the chipped cup picture is in. And she says that there's no significance that she's aware of. Yeah. <laughs> so now I think they just put numbers in there for us to like have something to look up. They've done that a few times. Right. Maybe it has significance within the behind the scenes stuff that we will never know. Right. Which I do remember my very first time sending feedback to you guys before I was podcasting was about (laughs) the books that were in the background um, in a scene that had when I think I think it was scene when Rumpelstiltskin gave Belle the library and the books, some of the books were really funny. Like a few of them were books that had been made into movies that Emily DeRavin starred in. Really? Yeah. I, I forget the details. I think I remember that feedback. Though. I don't even know. I don't even know if it was played during the episode because I think I sent it too late. I I was like, I didn't know that like you had to oh. only send pertaining to that episode. I remember talking about books. Maybe we didn't know that particular part of the connection during the podcast. Yeah, but there was some funny... You know, like the props department having some ha-ha moments behind the scene of which books were back there. (laughs) So there might be some background stuff we're not aware of. Another thing I think Eddie and Adam brought to this episode in a way that is much easier for them is kind of a simplification of what has been the point. Because I've, I've griped several times that the curse didn't seem much like a curse because these people were still together. And it just didn't seem like they were, things weren't as tragic as I would have expected based on the first curse. But Tilly 
had kind of a way of putting it, saying that everyone, if the book is true, everyone's right next to the truth. And it's kind of cruel to be so close to happiness, but be kept so far away from it. True. It's like, and there it is. That's what they've been going for this whole year. <laughs> well, that's kind of what they did in season one. Because, like, they had Mary Margaret reading to Prince Charming when he was unconscious. But even the feelings weren't there yet because of the curse. It felt like that curse was thicker, if that makes any sense. Well, that curse, yeah. The point of that curse was just to torture everybody. Right. Without them even knowing. I mean, I feel like it's an interesting connection. And I have such a strong feeling that the last two episodes aren't going to be connected to the story. And it's going to wrap up in the next 42 minutes of show that I just think it's going to be an exposition of how does this story end? And that's going to be it. I don't think there's any more detail. Okay, so theory time, I guess, for just because we're kind of, we're not at the end of the podcast because we still have to talk about, you know, the Charmings and Lucy and... Running with glass. But (laughs) what do you think is going to happen then in the next 42 minutes? So obviously the curse has been cast, (laughs) but what does that mean? Like it's not actually going to annihilate mankind, I don't think. Not the curse has been cast, but the circle or whatever has been cast. Yeah, so here are my thoughts on that. So this this is the place where the grove supposedly was. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay, so... They kept, I paid pretty close attention. They all, well, Facilier and Gothel, at the very least, made reference to what she is bringing. Gothel said to Tilly, when you see what I'm bringing, I don't know, have an exact quote, but basically, when you see how beautiful it is, you'll know it was worth the cost. And Facilier said, if she's bringing what I think she's bringing, we're all going to need magic, blah, blah, blah. I have a feeling, now there, I have a couple theories on it. I don't think this was her purging the land. Otherwise, it's going to be over real quick. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I do think she was bringing magic. I'm sure there will be a limit to it. I don't think the whole world will have magic, but I think Hyperion Heights will, just like we saw in Storybrooke when Rumpel brought it at the end of season one. Right. Slash the beginning of season two. And at that point, with all her power back, I think things are going to get real nasty (laughs) real quick. I think they're going to have to break the curse pretty quickly because Facilier was pretty adamant that it be broken quickly. And since that didn't work, well, I have a theory about that too, but (laughs) since that didn't work, since it didn't work the way they expected, they're going to have to figure out a way to break it. And there's nothing to stop them now other than Nook still got a poisoned heart. So if he's anywhere near Alice when it's broken, they've got other problems. Yeah. I guess they could be... No, I was going to say they could be bringing the end of the curse. But I don't think so. I think Gothel is forgetting her mom's advice, right? Like... Only goodness can bear sweet fruit. Is that what she said? So I think Gothel thinks that she's bringing something beautiful because that's what she wants, right? She wants her beautiful 
grove back. But I think yeah. she's, and she even said to Alice, like, it's going to be beautiful or whatever she said. Right. Um, But I don't think that that's what's going to end up coming because right. of all the evil that she's done to get there. Even the evil that she's done to literally just in the last like five minutes of the episode to get there. So my, I don't know, I can can picture Hyperion Heights just being like taken over by like weeds and vines and branches that are all creepy crawly magic. I don't really want that to happen. I'm just, it could be an option. But yeah, I do think that the curse needs to be broken pretty fast. Now, this is once upon a time. (laughs) And... I feel the need to remind everyone of that simply because it would not be without precedent for next week to pick up and what they brought is some big dumb creature to wreak havoc while they accomplish their real goals. (laughs) I don't know if we have time for that this time though. Terrible CGI thing to run around ratcheting up the tension because the wraith Oh, wouldn't it be weird to see some magical creature running around Hyperion Heights in Seattle? Lissai. Which actually would be kind of cool, but only if we had more time. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're just bringing magic and then Tilly has magic and Weaver has magic and Regina has magic. And maybe once they find out that Henry's heart is not poison anymore... They can go, pip, pip. Hi, Emma. Hi, Blue. Hi, Snow and Charming. Hi, all you magical people in Storybrooke. Can you come help us for a little bit? Just hop in a portal or like an airplane. <laughs> right. Uh, that is not an hour and a half long flight. So they're going to have to uh, account for that time if if they are coming. Well, I mean, they seem to realm jump pretty easily. Is it difficult to go to a different coast in the same realm? <laughs> Do portals work like that? I don't know. We don't have don't rules established do. on that, so I guess they can do whatever they want. But they can't know they're there. But that was because... See, I feel like that was because of Henry being poisoned. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Because was... because they were afraid that then the curse would get broken real quick somehow? Well, I think originally I just thought like that Henry couldn't go to Storybrooke because that there is magic there and magic would then mean the poison's going to work again. Right. In that in that context though, she just needed some help and she felt that she couldn't even let them know anything about it. Well, I just I still hold to my ass- time travel theory. I yeah, I mean that's possible, but I think it also is possible that that was just bad writing. It's possible. <laughs> it's just that in another thing that's possibly bad writing, it, like we've said before, this is not future Seattle. This is present day Seattle. So if all this time has passed, how are they there without time travel? Because it sure doesn't seem True. like Seattle of the f- like 30 years from now. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, Jeremy... I don't know if we're ever going to find out the answer to that I question. don't know if we are either. <laughs> I would be very disappointed <laughs> if we didn't. Uh, yeah, but no, you're you're for real, though. Like, we would be very disappointed. 
<laughs> okay. Do you remember? Okay. All I remember from that is that one one time so long ago, somebody asked about was his name Spencer in Storybrooke Charming's dad, who was evil. Oh wow, it's possible. Was that his name? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so somebody asked what happened to Charming's dad way back, way way like season one maybe back. Maybe two. I think maybe it was two. Yeah. Because didn't he try to frame Red or something? He tried to frame Ruby, where Mary Margaret was wearing the terrible pink cardigan for half a season. <laughs> and Charming and Ruby were stuck. Anyway, somebody season asked... Season two's been expunged, so I don't... Yes. Know. Somebody asked Adam and Eddie during an interview, like at Paley Fest or something... What happened to Spencer? Are we ever going to find out what happened to Spencer? And they were like, we would be very disappointed if we got <laughs> to the end of this season and did not find out what happened to Spencer. That's hilarious. Lo and behold, we got to the end of this season and we never found out what happened to Spencer. Oh, wait, really? Really. And that, then I oh, remember you then. Oh. I remember doing the unboxing with you guys for the Blu-rays of season two. And there was a deleted scene that showed us what happened to Spencer. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm for I've forgotten all these things. Was there was there like a curse of some kind for us on the podcast? Yes. Yeah, because there's a lot that like I'm like our characters. I believe you, but I just I don't have I don't these remember. memories yet. I think that that curse there. is called adulthood. <laughs> Right? <laughs> that curse is called a really long five to seven years. <laughs> of adulting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know who would tell us if we're cursed? <laughs> Our heroes? Because what else? They would, of course, tell us that we're cursed. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm right this time. <laughs> Yes, we must say thank you to our heroes that keep us, I was going to say on the air, but they keep us, I guess, on the net. Is that <laughs> a, a good way to say it? <laughs> For this episode, we'd like to thank Lisa Slack, Lisa R., James Kinslow III, and Sarah Pitzer. And we also have our 19 heroes on Patreon. As we're finishing the season, we still have many expenses for... Do you know podcasts pay rent, digital rent, so to speak, <laughs> and also digital gas? And those things cost more money the more listened to you are. So thank you all very much for your support. And as we're covering the last three episodes after this, can you believe that? Three episodes? I is cannot. that correct? That is correct. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah we'll have continuing expenses and we'll have we want to do something special have at least one special episode after our normal coverage ends because yeah. it's just going to be so hard to say goodbye yes. <laughs> so if you would like to help us close out strong and keep things available for some time after the show ends uh, check out oncepodcast.com slash hero Thank you for your support. Do you know what Daniel would have said there? What would he have said? He said he would say podcasts have to adult too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
rent and gas and groceries. Yes. That's what it all is, you guys. Adulting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rent, rent and gas and groceries. Gas, groceries. Um, Like, sometimes you need a new pair of pants or something. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's stressful. <laughs> I need a clothes horse to come by. Yes. And do my hair in, like, those little braids while they're at it. I think it'd be really weird if a horse tried to do your hair. <laughs> but it would be a clothes horse. <laughs> Maybe we should do a rewatch of Once Wonderland. I would like that. <laughs> so, you never know. We'll we'll start saying it now. When we're done, don't unsubscribe right away. No, do not. Cuz there may not be anything new coming every week. However, we may we may come out with some things. We may even have announcements here and there like a 5-minute announcement if we're going to be at a conference or something like that. Or if we're going to review a movie or Yeah. something. Yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> as they say. All I could think of when you were talking about like the actors that get sent to once upon a time to like be punished <laughs> was Robert Carlyle must have done something really bad. <laughs> He's really good, and he's been here a long time. Yeah, but he got arguably like years of good material. A few That's years true. Of good material. It's only been this he season still has, that he's been... He still has good material. Like he's still. It's true. Rumpelstiltskin. Weaver wasn't the strongest alter ego, but he's still there. Right. Emma Rigby is who I thought of, who played oh. the Red Queen in Wonderland, who I just. Well, the whole the whole cast was decent, but remember how like her and Michael Saka really stole the show because yeah. we were all supposed to be so invested in Alice and Cyrus, and we're like, but Will and the Queen, yeah, yeah, yes, which is why we're all so happy to forget that Will was on once proper at all. <laughs> Speaking of adulting, <laughs> where? is Dr. Facilier's office, and how did not-adult Lucy get to it? Because I was under the impression, I mean, I guess it's all Seattle, right? But I don't think he's in Hyperion Heights. Like, I don't think his office is there. Because he's very established in his company, and Belfry had pushed him out, I believe is a direct quote. So, I mean, I guess there's Uber. I don't know. Maybe or Lucy Lyft. got there. Or Lyft. Yeah, thank you. Swift. Thank you. It would be Swift. Yes. Maybe maybe Henry drove her. No. <laughs> she paid Henry to drive her to Dr. Facilier's office. I um, felt in the blackmail moment like Lucy was Regina 2.0. <laughs> I felt like his observation of that was a little bit awkward. Like, I overall enjoyed their back and forth. Yeah. Like, right? They had good banter. But mm-hmm. his, like, quite the blackmail, aren't you? Or whatever. Like, that just <laughs> seemed awkward. Oh, why? I don't know. It just, I was like, that's a weird thing to say to a little kid. But, uh, oh. like, she well, is she totally blackmailing did him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would have been better if she was like, actually, this is extortion. Or, like, whatever. Like, I know it was. Right. It was blackmail, but. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I I just I have to say as since I was once like the token girl on the podcast that I don't think the I was normally girl. the one that commented on costumes but 
What was Lucy wearing? What was that? Is that some newfangled? Is that their time travel? Is that she's wearing those overalls with a button still on the like? That was a weird costume to have that little girl in. Like they, her and Jacinda were both wearing high tops, which is fine. Those are very in, but that those overalls, I just, I was like, what are you wearing, kid? I mean, it was fine. She looked cute, but like, what? I didn't even know that that type of clothing existed for people under the or over the age of five. Dang, I guess I'm gonna have to go back and look at this costume now. She's wearing like these weird <laughs> pink overalls, but like they still have a button like on her stomach where like a jean like jeans would button and they have weird like weird straps and then and they're all pink like i said like generally people over the age of five don't wear solid colored overalls unless they're denim that's funny (laughs) not that i have you know great fashion advice to give to people just i noticed her costume we've had moments where we've questioned quite a bit of fashion on once upon a time yes i feel like i've brought up half of those moments remember remember uh emma's floral black top that she wore for weeks on end i feel like i don't remember that it's like what an odd thing to wear like wear that one week but why is she in it week after week after week and it's so not her style well and also the pink cardigan yeah, there was that. Well, you know what is also an interesting fashion choice? Glass slippers, especially broken <laughs> ones. It was really fun to see Granny's memorabilia in that box. Yep. And even more fun to see them find the rest of the glass slipper in a context where it was more than just weird. <laughs> it was meaningful to them. I thought she was just going to remember that she had already found a piece of it and then brought the piece to him, but maybe she knew that wouldn't have been enough, the piece right. of the glass slipper, or maybe just because Henry had it. Didn't Henry Yeah, I don't think she had that piece. Hmm. Oh, because he found it when his car broke down and Nick kidnapped him. Right. <laughs> They've had quite the week. Yeah, Seriously. I loved his very fatherly comment with the possible exception of Lucy running with broken glass. Yes, this is very good news. (laughs) Well, I ask you, what is worse, running with glass or running in glass? Well, if you're in the glass, it's probably not broken yet. But if you run in it. (laughs) I'm assuming you're meaning the glass slippers, right? Not like running in broken glass on the ground. Oh, totally. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> just running in broken glass on the ground is just ridiculous. It's definitely ridiculous. Yeah, I think, you know, I think glass slippers should probably be uh, kind of a tempered glass. Maybe something that doesn't break so easily. Maybe bulletproof glass. Bulletproof glass slippers. I think that would be an actual good idea. I wish I knew the, like, cultural significance or just the symbolism of the glass slipper from back in that Cinderella day. Because I feel like I would have a lot of things to say about it from more of a feminist perspective that it's probably not something we need to be repeating in these fairy tales <laughs> about strong women anyway because oh. exactly women couldn't run in glass slippers could they jeremy well but she did kind of she did she just lost one 
Yeah. I didn't have time to go back for it. As Snooky says, because Cinderella is so light and dainty, the glass doesn't break. Well, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe she didn't let glass slippers slow her down. Yeah, maybe it's like a metaphor for the glass ceiling. She can wear them when she needs to. She can kick them off when she needs to. Maybe they're just cool. <laughs> maybe. I certainly think that this show has shown that i just i'm talking way way back <laughs> <laughs> i wonder yeah that'd be interesting to know if they had some kind of significance or if they really were just imaginative well they probably just needed a shoe that would break so that the story worked and much like our writers they were just like well we'll just make it out of something breakable okay done glass slippers Can you imagine though for that day for how how hard it would be to actually for someone to make glass slippers with anything other than magic. I don't think that would be easy now, necessarily. Mm, probably not. And apparently breaking the curse isn't easy either. No, I mean, now that Dr. Facilier removed the poison from Henry using the curse of shattered sight, what could go wrong? <sighs> I was like, did they actually... I mean, it, it looked cool, don't get me wrong, despite my objection to using voodoo witch doctor magic to cure Henry. They, they kind of used the same effect that they used in, I guess that was season three, with the Curse of Shattered Sight and the Broken Mirror. They used that same sort of deal with the broken glass from the slipper, and somehow... The shards going into Henry drew the poison out of Henry. What if he's got a glass heart now? Yeah. Or he bleeds glass. Maybe he'll get cut and he'll just bleed glass. Okay. A few things about that scene or about that topic. <laughs> I loved the score that was playing for Henry and Jacinda. I don't recall if we've heard it before, but I like it. We haven't commented on the music at all, I don't think. I, I don't know about that part. It kind of is. I did no actually notice, though, that when Lucy and Jacinda found the slipper, Cinderella's theme from years back started playing, which I don't oh. know how I feel about that because she's kind of a different Cinderella, but it was still not, nice not to even kind of. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't Jacinda and Henry that are going to break the curse. I well, I, I know it wasn't the single mom Jacinda who wanted to kiss that Henry who were going to break the curse. I did notice this time that she was very specific, almost as if she was reading her character description from casting. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, she said specifically, I'm not her yet, I'm Jacinda. A, single, a struggling single mom who thinks she'll never have romance again. Right. That Jacinda wants to kiss this Henry. They were very painfully specific. And then they kissed. Oh. I was like, well, yeah, but your cursed selves aren't the ones with true love. Is that what you're getting at? Are the ones with true love inaccessible right now? Okay. Who has broken? So Emma and Henry, and that was fine because neither one of them were cursed. Yeah, so I realized that there is precedent. Maybe we've talked about it before, but Snow and Charming did kiss as David and Mary Margaret, and nothing happened. 
So that is why last week I asked, did Emma's magic make Emma the savior or was Emma the savior because of some right. other reason? And so then I had, I had suggested or not suggested, but hypothesized, theorized <laughs> that perhaps because we've just found out Alice has magic, that it could be her true love's kiss that breaks the curse. And I'm, I'm actually, last week I was meeting Alice and last week I was meeting Tilly and Margot, but this week I think I was convinced that it was going to be Alice and Nook. Yeah. Tilly and Rogers. Sorry. I know you hate when people do that. <laughs> I, I don't, because for that context, it could go either way, right? <laughs> True. They are both. They are both. Um, however, I, I really, really strongly feel like I'm going to be really, really disappointed <laughs> if it's not Regina. Yeah. I feel like it needs to be Regina now. Regina kisses Henry as her mom, as his mother. Yeah. And she casts the curse and she has magic and mm -hmm. she's like, she's the savior now. She's redeemed. Yep. She's good. And it would have symmetry because Emma got her chance. Yes. And now Regina's actually become the mother she should be. And also because a lot of people are griping about Regina's happy ending. Yeah. And like we've said repetitively in the last few, you know, the last little while of podcasting, it, you don't have to have a romantic partner to have a happy ending. She has a family. Yeah. And it sure better not be Facilier. Ugh. No, they've kissed. I don't know if well, they've showed I mean, it, but it's definitely I don't been implied. Want, I don't even want it implied that he's like part of her happily ever after. Yeah, but he, I mean, he did help today. Yeah, but I don't care about him. Because Lucy blackmailed him. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I Yeah, so I think that would just be, the other disappointing thing would be if it doesn't involve Henry at all. This whole story started with him. Yes. I don't, if you're going to make it about somebody else, don't imply the whole time that it's about him. I Yeah, so that's why I think Regina and Henry. Yeah. That works. And that that could be that could be cool. And honestly, like I said last week, the book just said if true love's kiss should ever break the curse, Henry Mills would surely die. Doesn't say whose kiss. However, it's suspicious that that suddenly appeared in her room right before Jacinda and Henry were about to kiss. Right. But that's true. I might be just, you know. It was like a warning, like, don't let them kiss. Or it was just like she didn't look through the book thoroughly enough before. Meh. Something <laughs> creepy happened in her closet. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, no, that's a great point because that's called foreshadowing. And I don't really appreciate misleading foreshadowing. But was it misleading? Because... If they're not involved in breaking the curse, oh, it is. Oh, if they're not. Well, no, it doesn't have to be Jacinda. The page. It doesn't have to be, but now that you say that, that's really there again. That's not part of a. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even part the, of a coherent story. Even the picture on the page that they found is just Henry poisoned. Oh, well, I mean, that's true. And probably being held by Regina. Oh, probably, actually. 
I'm trying to figure out, though, what the context could be where she would be kissing him on the forehead or whatever. Like, he was a yeah, kid a and weird sick now and that dying he's before. It could be not weird. I can see them making it not weird. But, yeah, it's strange. I would almost think that it would be Henry and Lucy, except they've been down that road already this season and it didn't do anything. He tried that, didn't he? He did, yeah. He tried kissing Lucy's forehead. I was looking for a picture of the book page. I believe it is Regina holding him. I believe it is Pongo. (laughs) (laughs) It says, and Drizella stood victorious for if true love's kiss should ever break the curse, Henry Mills would surely die. And then um, it says it was, this was like a tweet, but they had a picture of the book page. And then it says, thank goodness Lucy found the pages with a gaspy face. (laughs) like Or not. Five weeks later. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's Regina (laughs) that's holding him because it's like a dark outfit. And I don't think Cinderella wore a lot of like dark colored dresses. Yeah. Was she there when the curse was cast? I feel like yes, but maybe not. Maybe she was babysitting. Sorry, parenting. I think she was there because Nook gave her the chess piece. Was it a chess piece or was it some other magical MacGuffin? It was some MacGuffin. It wasn't. It wasn't a chess piece. It was the other. It was the make sure you know your kid in the curse piece thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. So, what do you think is coming next week? A broken curse. Hmm. Well. Do you know what we didn't? We didn't see. Ronnie. Regina or Rumple in this episode at all. We did not. In fact, this episode had, I think, only Colin O'Donohue from any previous season and Henry as a character. That is true. Maybe they're testing out dynamics for the spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> They just full out go once upon a time in Hyperion Heights coming next fall. <laughs> uh, I just read your theme title, Rogers Keeps on Rogersing. <laughs> <laughs> Except he didn't. He got better. Yeah, I didn't. There was a picture of Ronnie. Was there a picture, picture of Weaver as well? Yes. Did he have Rumpelstiltskin written underneath it? I don't think so. Actually, remember that Henry struggled to figure out who Mr. Gold was, which I find hilarious. But in season one, he was like, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Like, Uh, I don't remember that. But he somehow knew that Archie was Jiminy Cricket. He did have Kelly and he had... Her listed as Ronnie's sister, question mark, my aunt, question mark. (laughs) But for some reason, he didn't put Zelina on there, even though he'd heard the name from Hansel. Well, and because he wrote the book about her. And because he wrote it. Literally. So, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of funny, too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a lot of... Yeah, he didn't write Wicked Witch of the West, either. True. There's not a lot of familiar characters from his book in this season yet. If, right. I'm, I say yet, just hopefully. 
Oh, do you think we'll get to see Granny again? I would be very disappointed. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you never know. Okay, here's who I want to see. Here's my list of demands, okay? Okay. Emma. Snow and Charming. Blue Fairy. Mm-hmm. Grumpy. Archie. Yeah. Granny. I feel like I would like to see Zelina again. Um, but I'm not going to be heartbroken because she was in this season. Right. Who am I missing? Lily? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Talk about the spinoff. <laughs> uh, oh, I would like to see the Cinderella's meet. Okay. I think I think that's a little far-fetched, but maybe. Isla reminded me of... Ashley? The original, yeah. <laughs> she did look a little bit like her. Also, some attitude and demeanor things. <laughs> <laughs> Except Ashley was the opposite. She loved magic. Ashley did? Yeah, to some degree. Do you think we'll get to she see was... Graham again? I know we won't. I... Yeah, it would be awkward now. I don't think now that my hope for the series, which was them just setting back time so that Snow and Charming could raise their child, I don't think that works anymore. No, that destroys. We saw what that looks like (laughs) with the Wish Realm. Yeah. Emma didn't like herself. Well, it actually already exists because I wished it. And so therefore, there's a realm out there. Where that's happening. Cool. The Wish Realm became the nightmare realm for the Charmings. Because <laughs> it wasn't their wish, right? I Because something. Somebody goofed. My wish is that Regina's wish, I mean Evil Queen's wish, that Emma's wish be granted never happen. I just want the show to go out with some dignity. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? I scratch the whole list of demands. <laughs> dignity. Go out with some dignity. <laughs> no more butterflies. <laughs> no more caricatures. Just people who might be from a fairy tale. And maybe just people we know. Keep it in the family. This, no more new characters. Is this the last, We've got three episodes. Is this the last fairy tale show left on the air right now? Because... They need to, someone needs to think up a new one for the fall, if that's the case. Or that time has passed. I don't, I don't for now. think that fairy tales ever pass. Well, they don't. But as far as a fairy tale frenzy on primetime TV and in all the movies, perhaps. <laughs> it was a lot there for a while and it was fun. But, you know. It's true. Too much of a good thing at some point. Should we end our podcast on a cliffhanger like this episode ended? How are we going to do it? There was a little piece of me that was like, they should have just ended the show on cliffhangers far more often because that, whatever else I thought, was compelling. So I think I shared about this last week. I was watching a show that every single episode ended on a cliffhanger. And so I figured out, that how I had to watch it was I needed to watch one and a half episodes at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or watch from the midpoint of one and to the (laughs) midpoint of another. Right. Exactly. Like, because they would wrap up the cliffhanger very, very early in the next episode. But yeah, I couldn't do that. 
I couldn't because I couldn't just keep watching it. I have a life. <laughs> right. Oh, but it's over now. So it's fine. But I was Adulting. just I was just coaching a friend who's gonna start to watch it because it's on Netflix. <laughs> um and I was like, okay, so listen, here's what you have to do. You need to have an hour and a half, the first time at least. And then yeah, I guess she could watch middle to middle. <laughs> like first seven seasons. Or maybe yes. six. I don't know how many episodes it was, but <laughs> I laugh, but I had a show also that I would watch an episode, but usually I would watch a few minutes into the next one because I just didn't like where it ended. So Right, exactly. I usually love a good cliffhanger, but I just had to see more. And way back in the days where you were watching TV and you didn't realize that this was going to happen, actually Grimm did this a ton. However, I watched Grimm, I ta- I like PVR'd it all year and then watched it in the summer. They would have to be continued and then the next week, they would have to be continued in brackets again. They would do it twice in a row. It was just rude. <laughs> Deep Space Nine once did a, what was it? Ten part? To be continued. Nine part? Yeah. But so that's Scandal. That's just Scandal. Scandal didn't have to be continued. The whole show was to be continued. But I used to remember like when you were watching live... And it would say to be continued. And you'd be like, what? I have to wait a week. (laughs) Do you know what else is to be continued, Jeremy? This podcast? We will be back next week to discuss next week's episode, which we do not know the title of because we're spoiler free. Mm, Well, you don't know what it is. I actually do know what it is, but (laughs) that is because I was looking up stuff on imdb for this episode and it's the next one but this does conclude our discussion of this episode of once upon a time flower child please share this episode by going to oncepodcast.com slash 341 and if you have theories and you'd like to contribute um you can send us feedback at oncepodcast.com slash feedback and you can also uh see what other people are thinking on the forums which is oncepodcast.com slash forum Please follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast, and you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Jeremy. I'm on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And you can also follow Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped to make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanis for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, Daniel, Jeremy, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. And until next time, do you want to tag along? Your logic and our illogic might crack this thing open. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.